We have been offering two worship services on Sunday. For the majority of each year since January 2016. It is no secret that the early service, 9 a.m., has failed to bring in the numbers that we hoped it might when we began. We may get 8, 12, 15, 20 on a really good Sunday at the first service, whereas this service, the 11 a.m. service, brings in anywhere between 100 120 to 150 or 160 on a fairly regular basis. This has led to some rather dismissive comments about the 9 a.m. service that I know are intended to be harmless fun, but truthfully kind of hurt. Or maybe I should say they trouble me. And quite possibly, they trouble me in a good way. Meaning, they have led me to ask myself just what I think we are doing here on Sunday mornings. Many of these comments revolve around the idea of the early service being practice in preparation for the real service. Well, now you got your practice, someone leaving at 10 a.m. might say. While another person coming in for the later service might ask, how did the practice service go? A practice service. And the minister in me bristles a bit. They are both real services. Fewer people in the pews does not make a service less real, just as a full stadium would not make it more real. Wherever two or three are gathered together for singing and silence and listening and reflection, raising up that which is of greatest worth, reminded of high aspirations, knowing again that we are not isolated beings, but connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to one another. Wherever, whenever, however we gather with that intention, we are conducting a real service. They are both real services. And I have come to understand they are both practice. Practice holds many different meanings. So let me try to untangle and articulate what I mean by that word in different contexts. From one perspective, we practice in preparation for the real thing, right? Practice makes perfect, or at least moves us in that direction. (coughs) Excuse me. We learn about something, do it over and over, develop skills, make mistakes, catch those mistakes, develop new skills, refine those skills, do it again, do it again, do it until what first seemed awkward now flows naturally until all this effort allows us to make something look effortless so that ideally all that is left is the thing itself that we started out to do. That is one way to look at practice. It is what happens behind the scenes. It is the preparation for the main event. It is necessary, but what really matters is when it all becomes real on the test, during the performance, in the competition. With the basketball metaphor in the reading and with the playoffs in full swing, 
I was reminded of a famous press conference with legendary player Allen Iverson after a disappointing 2001-2002 season in which, despite high hopes inspired by his amazing performance the previous year, the Philadelphia 76ers had been knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. Following up on some complaints from the coach about Iverson, the interviewers asked about Iverson's dedication to team practices. He could not hide his frustration. We're sitting in here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, not a game, not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last, not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game when it matters. We're talking about practice. And it continued in this vein. With even some of the reporters cracking up along with Iverson because of the repetition born from his frustration and maybe from the question itself. What are we talking about? Practice? That is what we're talking about here today and actually for this month as the theme is practicing coming from the line in our mission statement that talks about practicing justice the mission of our congregation is to deepen connections by nurturing spiritual growth practicing justice and inspiring joy last month our theme was nurturing june's theme will be inspiring. This month, we will be practicing. So how does that take shape here? Just as with any other endeavor, practice, rehearsal, walkthroughs can be helpful when it comes to something like conducting worship, to make the service flow, to work out any kinks, to think through the choreography, worship associate training, choir practice, all to prepare for what is real, the service itself. But practice takes on a different meaning among us too. There is a sense in which practice is not only preparation for the real thing, but that practice is the real thing. There is a reason that practicing justice shows up in our pretty concise mission statement. There is a reason that we vow to practice patience, compassion, and empathy in our covenant. We are clear about the importance of practicing. On the one hand, we can look upon this community as a training ground, an idea you'll hear more about in a couple weeks as we welcome new members. We consider this congregation something of a training ground for practicing the principles and values and attributes and ways of being that we wish to take out into the world, into the rest of our lives, and trying to create here a model of what the world could be. Sound daunting? (laughs) Practice, practice, practice. We stumble in this endeavor, of course, and we don't always live up to our highest aspirations. 
But we know there will be mistakes. We know there is much to learn. We don't expect that this type of practice will make us perfect for some ultimate future performance of justice or patience or compassion or empathy, but rather that practice is perfect. That the commitment to practicing all of these things is precisely what is called for and that far from being something that is preparation for something real, there is nothing more real than practice itself as we have no practice room separate from our very lives in which to practice, but we carry on this practice right here in the midst of it all. What are we talking about here? Practice? Yes. Right at the heart of what we do and who we are, what do we practice? In most traditions, faith was not about belief, but about practice, writes Karen Armstrong. Religion is not about accepting 20 impossible propositions before breakfast, but about doing things that change you. We gather here as a covenantal religious community, we say every week in our welcome. We do not come together around a single set of beliefs. We gather around the promise we have made to treat each other with respect and compassion as we seek out and nurture our own best selves while encouraging others to do the same. In other words, to practice patience, compassion, and empathy to respect and trust each other. Because we believe that, as Karen Armstrong writes, if you behave in a certain way, you will be transformed. If you behave in a certain way, you will be transformed. If you practice something, you will get better at it. Your skills will be strengthened. Your abilities will expand. You will change. You will grow. You will nurture and be nurtured. You will be inspired and you will inspire. No, we are not practicing in preparation for that one single event or performance. The great compassion bowl of 2018, though that's not a bad idea. But the whole of our lives... Just as Malcolm Gladwell says about basketball, our lives are filled with split-second spontaneous decisions, but spontaneity isn't random. How good people's decisions are under the fast-moving, high-stress conditions of rapid cognition is a function of training and rules and rehearsal, writes Gladwell. It is a function, in other words, of what we have chosen to practice and our dedication to that practice. And just as our practice informs those decisive moments, those decisive moments inform our practice. As we reflect upon our experience and consider the ways in which our actions embodied or failed to embody the values and principles that we cherish, We do the game review, returning to basketball, and it provides information on what skills need to be worked on in practice. And while the separation between the real game and practice is fairly clear in basketball, when it comes to spiritual practice, well, where does one end and the other begin? It's all real. 
and it's all practice. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice is perfect. For practice can always begin in this moment with who we are practicing to be the people who we are called to be. So at any moment to stop and say, what does practicing compassion look like in this moment? How can I practice patience when I'm feeling so impatient with so many things? How can I practice empathy such that I can listen deeply even to those whom I despair of ever understanding? How will I choose to bless the world today? It takes practice. We would like for it all to come naturally. Love, gratitude, reverence, kindness, forgiveness, attention, awareness, humility, goodness. I wanted playing trumpet to come naturally. It didn't. It would be great if all those things, if all those good things and only those things without their less laudable counterparts came naturally. But our natural responses and reactions are not nearly so reliable as we would hope. To respond with any consistency from our highest ideals takes practice. Intentionally working on it again and again until, yes, it feels natural. Until, yes, it becomes our immediate response. Until, yes, it changes who we are because we have practiced being who we wish to be. Most traditions, this tradition, this living tradition of Unitarian Universalism is not about belief, but about practice, about doing things that change us. That is the reason we share stories and teachings and insights and experiences from many paths and many sources in worship, not to get you to believe them, but to nurture you and inspire you in what you practice. Armstrong writes, the myths and laws of religion are not true because they conform to some metaphysical, scientific, or historical reality, but because they are life-enhancing. The myths of the hero are not meant to give us historical information. Their purpose is to compel us to act in such a way that we bring out our own heroic potential. Think of that. We are working together to bring out the heroic potential of each of us and of all of us together. We can be heroes. And that heroism is often not the flashy kind. Not the most visible achievements or struggles. We also practice how to respond to life's Inevitable disappointments. Practice how we will respond to broken relationships, to financial struggle, to illness, to the loss of those whom we love, to our own mortality. We practice how to grieve. And we accompany one another in that practice. And we practice being present to even the hardest moments that life holds. 
Matt Walks from ESPN, writes that the piece that is often forgotten when people recall the Allen Iverson press conference is what Iverson had experienced off the court that year. His best friend, Rasan Langford, was shot and killed seven months earlier. And just days before his interview, the murder trial for the man accused of killing Langford began. I'm upset for one reason, Iverson said in a segment that is rarely included in the YouTube clips. I'm upset for one reason, because I'm in here, I lost. I lost my best friend. I lost him, and I lost this year. Everything is just going downhill for me, as far as just that. You know, as far as my life. Each Sunday we gather, knowing that each person is bringing a different story with them. Someone here is grieving a loss. Another is celebrating a joyful event. Someone has found new hope, and another is beginning to feel hopeless. Some enter this sanctuary and feel they are coming home. Others enter for the first or second or fifth time tentatively, wondering if there is a place for them here. Some come joyfully and with anticipation. Others had to force themselves to come, regretfully denying the other attractions of the day that called to them. Yet here we have gathered. Because it is somehow important to us to practice being present to ourselves and to one another. Because we have chosen each in our own way to bless the world by practicing justice and patience and compassion and empathy by singing together and sharing silence and smiles and hugs and handshakes, reminding ourselves that we are not isolated beings but connected in mystery and miracle to the universe, to this community, and to one another. So yes, this service and every worship service we do is real, and they are all practice. And practice is perfect. Perfect.